Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Los mejores viajes nacen en la carretera. Pero este comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500. Hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCI USLRC. On Newsnight tonight, a push for government to make bad details of the gold for oil deal. As the Chamber of Mines reveals, it is in the dark. A week to the delivery of first consignment, which will be paid for in gold. With gold for oil, there is still a bit of understanding on our side uh, to, to, to understand of the program. Um, our side of it is the gold production. But that's all we know, really. So there is a, a bit more engagement required. We'll hear from the president of the chamber and the committee on mines and energy. Also tonight, former secretary of the defunct interministerial committee on illegal mining, Charles Bissu, accuses special prosecutor Kise Jabeng of intimidation and harassment as he demands he rather prosecutes his former client, Anas Arimea Nas, for bribery. Plus, Wait barely four days for government's deadline for bondholders to sign up to the debt exchange program. We bring you the chilling story of an individual bondholder who says she doesn't know how her children's school fees will be paid, as well as fend for her family if government includes her bonds in the program. Lock it up, then it means that my children's school fees wouldn't be paid, and then I wouldn't be able to provide for their family. Tonight, we explore the class action by the 250 individual bondholders and what happens if government doesn't get 80% subscription to its program in business. In business, we'll be getting you more as the Bank of Ghana continues to improve dollar support for banks, a move that some say may have contributed in the marginal stability of the Ghana city. Well, expect nothing short of the trophy from us. That's according to the head coach of Black Galaxies and Walker. That's in sports in 50 minutes. And plus your views, 055-1111997. My name is Evans Mensah. Tonight, government has been accused of shrouding details of the goal for oil dealing secrecy and tight-lipped about what it entails to stakeholders. The Chamber of Mines, a major stakeholder in the mining industry, says it has been left in the dark. The Chamber wants more engagement with the government. Meanwhile, the London Natural Resources Ministry says it is expecting the first consignment of the fuel uh, from the United Arab Emirates next week. Uh, this, according to them, will minimize the pressure on the Ghana city as well as ensure sale of cheaper fuel at the pumps. 
Baba Chimba is struggling to understand the full details of the deal. Before we hear from the president, listen to the first announcement on the arrival made by the Deputy Energy Minister, Andrew Japamesa. 11th, 12th of January, the first consignment of finished products is going to arrive in this country from the United Arab Emirates. All the necessary agreements that needed to be executed has been executed. A lot more interest have been shown by other oil traders. And whatever it is that government is doing is intended to complement what it is that the private sector who are operators within the space are providing. Just so that we can take some pressure off the, the, the dollar, okay, and make it available to other people who ordinarily would not be getting enhanced, increasing the pressure on the city. Well, we've learned today that the first consignment will not arrive this week. We've heard from the Deputy Lands and Natural Resources Minister, George Mukuduka, who has been speaking after a meeting with stakeholders at the Lands and Natural Resources Minister. as expected earlier next week. Yes, we put all the uh, lines together. Uh, even today, we're meeting on it. And we believe uh, we're much ready to get started. And uh, it's a good call for the nation. And it's also to cushion the, the, the importance of, of our currency. And I think uh, our hands uh, must be on deck in our September. And I, I believe it also go a long way in regulating the downstream part of mining. We we thinking of last week if, if I'm not exaggerating. Next week. that is yet to be determined. Well, the Chamber of Mines, they were in this meeting also today. Uh, they represent the mining companies providing the gold to government. They revealed today uh, they know very little about the deal. President of the Chamber, Joshua Mototi, says there is a need for more engagement. I'm not going to say that it's, uh, it's government policy. Uh, it is government policy. We want to understand it and understand the role we play in it. So the properly. question we ask is that, yes, it's government policy, but then you as Chamber also have an interest. I mean, you can... Is, is your gold effectively that is going to be used in the, in the exchange? So Let's, what do you make of the decision from government, sir? Well, I don't think it's our gold necessarily. As long as government is paying for the gold they are purchasing from us, and that has been, if you look at the domestic gold purchase program, which we work with government on ourselves, it came with really uh, strict rules around pricing of the gold, volumes of the gold, when it will be done. And it was done with the Bank of Ghana. I can talk about that because we crafted it together uh, in a very collaborative manner uh, with government. With gold for oil, there's still a bit of understanding on our side uh, to to understand of the program. Um, Our side of it is the gold production, but that's all we know, really. I mean, we don't know the oil industry. We don't want to pretend to know about the oil industry. So there is a, a bit more engagement required. Uh, on on both sides. As far as we're concerned, the gold, uh, the domestic gold purchase program, is something we, together with government, crafted, and we are comfortable to talk about about that. But not so much for gold for you. But we ask, is it feasible? Do you think it's feasible? I can't uh, place a value judgment <laughs> on whether it's feasible or not without fully understanding what it is about.
So that's the case for the chamber, the chamber of mines. And it's your goal the government is buying as and using that as a basis to in this barter arrangement. They say they need more engagement to understand a bit more. Uh, but so that's the mines and energy committee in parliament know a bit more about this as we've been working uh, the phone lines to get some clarity from government uh, on this uh, the arrangement uh, we yet to get the clarity uh, let's speak to the ranking member on that committee uh, john Junapo joins us on the telephone line right now mr Junapo, i'm grateful that you could join us happy new year Same to you, thank you so we just listened to the uh, head of the Chamber of Mines saying that, well, they need to understand this a bit more. They don't pretend to know the industry, but they, they want more engagement. I mean, why should, is it necessary to engagement, engage them? The government buys the gold from them. It, it's government property. Government decides what to do with it. It's, it's government prerogative, is it not? First of all, let me put on record that the Parliamentary Select Committee on Mines and Energy has not been fully briefed in respect of the details of this so-called butter, which based on the details, is not a butter arrangement. And like you rightly said, as for the gold companies, their interest is to sell the gold at world market price. And that is what they are doing with government. They will sell the gold to government as they would have sold to any other company or entity in the world. The only thing government is saying is that instead of paying you in dollars, we'll pay you in CDs. Because when they sell in dollars, they repatriate some of the dollars back to this country, change it to cities, and run their operations. So my information is that that will not hurt them so much insofar as government is able to keep up with the payments. The only question that comes is that when government buys that gold at international market price, how much is government going to sell that gold to the oil producer? Can you buy gold at international well market price? and go and sell it at a higher price to the oil producer. Then that oil producer might as well go to the international market and buy that gold. So inherent in this arrangement, aside the forest guarantee, are some elements that may lead to losses, lead to inefficiency, and affect our national debt as we move forward. Don't forget that this same government came and told us that the Sino-Hydro facility was a better trade and that we're using our bauxite resource as a batter for developmental projects. As we speak today, I have read the IMF report, and we met the IMF team. They have insisted, and government has complied, that indeed the narrative that government told all of us in Parliament and beyond was a false narrative, and that this year government is required to start servicing that debt. And so government should stop deceiving us. If Ghana is so broke, our reserves have been so depleted that we do not have dollars. And so we want to do an arrangement in order to use this method to buy fuel. Fair enough. In any case, I heard the vice president say that they were going to buy cheaper fuel. Who would sell that cheaper fuel to you? But if you're using gold, that then, that then gives you... Cheaper in the sense that it, it ha- it's not the same as using dollars. Uh, and we're using the forex exchange problems that you've, you have gold is a fantastic, stable, sustainable store of value. It definitely will give you uh, more affordable rates that then translates into cheaper for other pumps. That, that's what gold, gold is commodity money. It's not currency. And so commodity money ought to be converted to currency because if a barrel of oil is, say, $90, 
you first of all have to determine the price of an ounce of gold and determine compared to the $90 per barrel, how many barrels you can buy. So this issue of trying to obfuscate the issues and deceivers, it won't wash. Because if the oil has a price and gold has a price, all you ought to do is to do what you call a matching order and determine the price of that gold, the price of oil, and say how much compared to the price of gold and oil in terms of number of barrels, can I get? But you so have, why is that better? No, but you have the same exchange rate challenges that we currently have with using uh, a few CDs, chasing the dollars, and then importing it in. That's where the benefit is, is it not? I mean, and I've heard you say... That is not- why I am telling you that let government tell us that, look, we don't have enough foreign currencies. And so we are just doing this to overcome a foreign currency challenge. And not that you are going to get cheaper fuel. But you're not nobody in this world would sell his oil to you at a lower price than the normal price. You're not opposed to the idea of doing this better, are you? No, the problem is also because government has told us that it's not the business of government to engage in the business of selling oil. Yeah, that is why it brought what is called the deregulated market. You're right. That wait, the wait, private wait, wait. sector ought to get in that sector. And you and I know. That government is not the most efficient player. Except that when you're Inherent in crisis, in all of this, except that when you're in crisis, government step in with measures. Extraordinary times call for extraordinary measures. This is a temporary, uh, you know, solution for a problem that many Ghanaians are facing. Has government told you it's a temporary sol- a solution? Obviously, this is not something that will last <laughs> forever. It's not. It's not. It, it's, it's a temporary fix, is it not? So let's look for long-lasting solutions, time-tested solutions that can stand the test of time. I'm grateful, Samuel uh, Ginapo. Uh, that's uh, rather that's uh, uh, joining us on the telephone line right now. It's uh, John Ginapo. Uh, he's the ranking on the Mines and Energy uh, Committee. There, while well, in that meeting with the Lands uh, Ministry uh, today, uh, the Lands Ministry indicated that all mining concessions in the country uh, are filled with illegal miners. Deputy Minister George Mekuduka says they have acquired helicopters to help. With the monitoring of the activities, Papania Shali was at the meeting and is in the studio with me. Uh, what do you know about these helicopters? So he says that, first of all, these are helicopters that have already been procured. I said that for the new arrangement. And if you recall, they met the... They went to the uh, Ministry of Defense just last week, and as part of that arrangement from there to tackle illegal mining, they've been given these four helicopters have already been procured. What they are supposed to do at the end of the bargain is to maintain the helicopters, which will now be used to monitor um, sites that are prone to illegal mining and also concessions, mining concessions already, uh, so that at the end of the day, they can properly assess the level of devastation and also whether the activities of illegal mining continue to fester. Yes, so uh, the aircraft has been around and they are sitting in Takradi and a very cost-effective aircraft and that could in a way sit here possibly in Accra and be uh, taking some pictures um, in the eastern region. So that is how efficient those aircraft are. And you could bear with me that in court we may need some evidence. And it's the reason these aircraft are very important in the sector. We're hoping to have not less than four 
Yes, uh, it's about cost, and that's why we've engaged the chamber for them to also partner with government for us to you know, embark on such a fruitful uh, venture. Uh, we've given ourselves some uh, three, four months to put all these together and get them rolling. So uh, we are sure by the end of the first quarter, something fruitful must come out. Sure. Of so us. how much is this craft costing us? Um, they mentioned uh, around uh, uh, to the tune of uh, it's just about maintenance, so about seven hundred thousand. Uh, and that's there is George Mikuduka. He is a deputy minister for lands and natural resources. Let's stay with the issues of uh, mining generally because uh, former secretary of the defunct Interministerial Committee on Illegal Mining, Charles Bissu, has accused the special prosecutor, Kise Jabeng, of intimidation and harassment. He wants Mr. Jabeng to rather focus on prosecuting his former client, investigative journalist Anas Arimea Anas, for bribery. Mr. Bissu had been captured in an investigative documentary produced by Anas Arimea Anas, allegedly receiving bribes. He dismissed this allegation, insisting he will be exonerated by the special prosecutor. The police exonerated me. Um, the special prosecutor is going into the matter. He's actually still investigating it. I believe that I am clean. Did you see the person handing over the cash? Let's allow him to finish. But the special prosecutor is investigating that matter. Mm-hmm. But like I said, vindication is in, within the womb of time. Time will tell. Time will. You know, the wheels of justice also grind slowly. Mm-hmm. Well, that was uh, Mr. Bishu two years ago. Uh, he's filed a fresh court processes now challenging uh, the special prosecutor uh, with some strong allegations in there. Uh, Joseph Akable is my co- correspondent and joins us on the telephone line right now. What's the basis for this call for prosecution of Anas Arame Anas? So, I mean, we became aware of this through documents that were filed by lawyers for uh, Mr. Bisu, and these documents, what they seek to do is to make changes to the initial suits that they filed in December. And at the time, as far as their information uh, available to them was to the effect that the special prosecutor was still carrying out its investigation. Now, they hold a view that in terms of the documentary that was put out, they believe that it is evidence that shows that a private individual was giving money to certain public official and other politically exposed persons. And so as far as they are concerned, that amounts to the commission of a crime, which they believe the special prosecutor has the mandate to prosecute if he's minded to carry out investigation and do so. And so they say that the evidence that the special prosecutor is relying on, that is the investigative piece that was put out by Anas, Anas should form the base for him him to be investigated and prosecuted by the special prosecutor. And Joseph, we had Mr. Bissu in that sound indicating that he was confident he will be exonerated by the special prosecutor. How come he no longer wants to be investigated? The documents they found, they indicate that as far as they are concerned, they believe that the position of the law is that the Office of Special Prosecutor Act allows and requires the special prosecutor to cooperate with other law enforcement agencies in terms of executing its mandate. They insist that the special prosecutor does not have the power to review the work done by any other agency. In this particular instance, they make the point that it's work that has been done by the police. And as far as they are concerned, that police investigations, they make the point that Anas Aimi Anas did not actually, as far as they know, did not cooperate 
with the police investigations. And afterwards, the findings exonerated Mr. BCU. And so they make the point that once that investigation has been done and dusted, the special prosecutor in attempting to investigate the same matter will mean that he's reviewing the work that has been done by the police service. And they believe that that is not a mandate that the special prosecutor has the power to execute, for which reason they believe the high court should restrain uh, Mr. Kisei Jabin and his office from carrying out any investigation. And now with the amendment that has been filed, proceeding to prosecute Mr. Bisio. What release is he seeking from the high court? Uh, effectively, they are asking the courts to restrain the special prosecutor or any agent office that is uh, following the declaration that's on a true and proper interpretation of Act 959. The special prosecutor has no power to review the investigations and findings of the police. And also a declaration that on a true and proper interpretation of Act 959, the special prosecutor has no power to prosecute uh, that's Charles B.C. on the basis of its purported investigations into the same matter already investigated by the police and a declaration that uh, he cannot investigate and prosecute him without investigating and prosecuting Anas Arimio Anas and Tiger Eye private investigations and asking for an order for perpetual injunction to restrain the special prosecutor in his office and all persons deriving authority from that office from investigating, prosecuting, Charles B.C. in respect of the subject of the purported investigative documentary, unless same is referred to the office of the special prosecutor by the Ghana Police Service. And so until that is done, they believe that no investigation or prosecution should take place. And you've been working your sources at the OSP. What do we know? And so as far as the office is concerned, in fact, when we broke the story in December, the office had indicated to us that they had actually concluded investigations in respect of Mr. Bisu, and they were trying to engage him, and they had been told that he was out of the jurisdiction and that uh, they were expecting uh, to engage him on another day to make him aware of when he's supposed to show up in court, that is, for to respond to those charges that were to be filed against him, only to be hit by this suit and the subsequent amendments that has taken place. Indeed, subsequently, when the half-year report from the Office of the Special Prosecutor was issued, that report again did confirm that information that the investigation had been concluded. The matter is back in court on Thursday, this particular issue of the restraining order, and the OSP's office say they are clear in their minds that uh, this is a matter that they will be arguing forcefully, that they have not sinned against any law, and this is an investigation that they have concluded and should be permitted to go ahead and carry out the prosecution. And our sources within Mr. Bisu's camp give us a sense of what they make of all that the OSP has done. Tell us more on that. They raise issues with the fact that there were a number of years that there appeared to be a lot of dormancy. I mean, they say that the special prosecutor didn't seem to be doing any work in relation to that particular matter, only for all of a sudden them to spring up and uh, decide that they are investigating a matter which they believe has already been done and dusted with. Again, they make the point that when they had been contacted by the office, they indicated that Mr. BC was out of the jurisdiction. And so they were to engage them further, only to read in the half-year report that the investigations had been concluded. And so they explained that the decision to amend the charges was because they believed that the information that was put out there to indicate that the investigation had been concluded was geared at rendering the interlocutory application that they had made, the interim application that they had made, moot in a sense that when they go to the court, they'll say that they are asking you to restrain us from investigating, but we've actually concluded the investigations already. And so they believe that there's some one or two games that is ongoing which baffles them. And so it was 
part of these reasons that they decided to actually amend the process to actually ask that he's restrained totally because as far as they are concerned, they do not think he has the mandate to review any way that has been done by the police service. And so if the police service has not referred the matter, and especially because there are other individuals who have committed crimes which is not appeared to be interested in investigating and prosecuting those individuals, uh, someone who has been exonerated by the said investigative agency should not be a subject of any further investigation and prosecution. Interesting days ahead on this matter indeed. Uh, Joseph Akablay, thank you uh, very much. You're still listening to News Night. It's on Joy 99.7 FM. It's barely four days now to government's deadline for bondholders to sign up to its debt exchange program. One of the groups expected to subscribe to the program is the group of individual bondholders. The perception out there that these individuals are wealthy and should not take a major hit if their funds are included in the program. Well, you guess wrong. Tonight, many are now telling John News they will struggle to fend for their families if their bankers sign up uh, to the action program and if they are forced to sign on themselves. One of the individual bondholders, Roberta City, who is a pensioner, says she does not know how she would be able to pay her children's school fees if her funds are included in the program. Listen. As a bondholder, the, the debt exchange program will affect me. It will affect my husband. It will affect my family. Because that is what um, I survive on. I survive on the bond, the coupon to feed my family as we talk to. I resigned from my work. I took a voluntary exit. That is, we are in 2023, so 2021. And then what I had for my 18 years of service. I use it to buy the bonds just in 22 January. So the coupon, which is even inadequate, is what I rely on for survival. So it will affect me. My children's school, their school fees and all that is going to affect me. So if these funds get locked up, how would you survive? That is everything I have. I mean, after 18, almost 18 years of work, that is all that I have. So if you lock it up, then it means that my children's school fees wouldn't be paid and then I wouldn't be able to provide for the family. There are some who believe that individual bondholders are rich people with loads of money. You agree with this view? I don't agree. What do you mean by individual bondholders are rich with with loads of money? It takes sacrifice. You having to sacrifice to put things down or put some amount of money down, save for tomorrow or save to cater for uh, the needs of your, your, your family and yourself. So when you say that individual bondholders are rich people, I don't, I don't get you. How much money do I even have in the bond? You should ask that. If I have even a million CDs, it will have taken years of sacrifice to have had that money to put in the bond. Have you been adequately informed about the debt exchange program by the authorities? It's a big no. No engagement whatsoever. Nobody has engaged us. And even our bankers, when you call them, they seem not to understand. They are not giving you answers. So no engagement whatsoever from anybody, from anyone. So a big no. What more clarity will you require to feel you are adequately informed? As I stand now, I don't even need any clarity on my bond. All I need is that my bond should be paid me, my coupon should be paid me, because as I talk to you, I am, at, I am in the house. I, I'm not working. 
I just told you, I've resigned. I, I'm, I'm no longer working for a year now. I've been home. So what clarity do I need? But then again, if you even want to rope me into a debt exchange uh, program, a complete set of documents or contract documents should be made available, and I should understand. I mean, what the document is about, and then study it and know how favorable it is with me before I can sign on to it. But you don't, I mean, get to me. I don't know anything. That, 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 there is no document. The document can't be explained. And then you say you are roping me into a debt exchange program. Uh, let's bring in the banking consultant, Dr. Richmond Chahini. Also joining us is uh, the head of ESA, Professor Peter Corte. Uh, Prof, thank you very much for your time, your news tonight. Also to you, uh, Dr. Richmond Chahini, and Happy New Year to you both. Uh, Dr. Chahini, let me start with you. I mean, the story we just had there is a story of an individual bondholder. It sounds to me like... Uh, like a life or death matter, uh, at least for this bondholder. If if she fails, um, if if the, the, her bond is added to this, she'll starve to death. Possibly, she can pay the school fees. That's a reality for for many people, is it not? Yeah, what you're saying. I've heard so many cases, so many. I think this very lady has even spoken to me. I remember he got my number and called me, and I tried to explain to her. The reality is a hard fact and hard reality that is going to hit so many people. I know a couple of people, the day we did the program overnight, if you remember about three weeks ago when we stayed overnight doing it, after that I couldn't sleep. I got calls all over, colleagues, friends, telling me what is going to happen. So what he is saying, as I've said already, you see, at the point of entering into the contract, there was a missing link. And I will never stop talking about it, except in this jurisdiction that you have, you want to buy a product. A person is not told whether the price is going to go down or the interest is going to go bad or what. We, so in, in England, we call it treating customer fairly, treating any investor fairly. I've always said it, and I said it in your program, that I think there is something wrong about the way these things were done. However, it's been done, and the hard facts, are, that is what other people are telling us. And the reality, I've spoken to a lot of people, and at times I even want to share, <laughs> shut my phone because uh, they ask me so many questions, and yeah. I find it difficult to explain. Yeah, I mean, and Doc, stay with me. Professor Peter Quarte also joins us. Prof, I mean, the government was forced to include the individual bondholders when they exempted um, the pension funds. But individual bondholders are individuals as well. And from what we've just been listening, the same impact will be felt on, on these many of them pensioners who have taken their lump sums and, and invested it in the bonds and are hoping to live on that till they die. Hello. Yes, Hello, uh, good evening to yes. your yes. listeners. So, it's, it's the truth, it is the hard truth that many have invested their lifetime savings in these bonds to live on. I, I also meet quite a number of them. Uh, some buy medication, blood pressure medication, going for checkups, and so on and so forth. So, this, this is really a difficult situation. But let's also note that we are in this mess. We are in this crisis situation. If we do not proceed 
in this debt exchange program. It means the SLE with IMF would have to be nullified and we have to start from afresh. And that will not augur well for this country. So for me, the way forward will be for government to engage the individual bondholders. I, uh, we had uh, Martin Pebu, for instance, uh, have quite a number of them that he's uh, representing. You could call them to the table, explain to them, and if there is a way of cushioning them, we do so. I remember in the structural adjustment era, we had something called PAMSCAT, some program to mitigate the social cost of adjustment. Similarly, if you are incorporating uh, individual holders of bonds and there's going to be mass suffering, you engage them and find a way of at least cushioning them in one way or the other. I, I don't think we should just leave it as it is. There's a need to engage the individual bond holders. We also have to understand that we are in this together. If we don't get onto the IMF program, um, then it will be very unfortunate. The economy might grant to, to its need. And you're making the point now, and government has set a, a target hoping to get 80% of all bondholders, institutional and individual, to sign on before this can be can be classified as a successful direction program. Uh, you're suggesting that if they don't hit that number, it will be catastrophic for the economy. Yes, it's an agreement. Once we don't hit that number, then the agreement doesn't hold. That means we have to start from afresh. And, and I don't think anybody, be government or the citizens, will be happy that we don't sign on to the IMF program. We have come very far, and I think we should do whatever it takes. Uh, but having said that, that does not mean that when people have to live on this bond, uh, the, the coupons to survive, they should be allowed to also die. So it has to be a win-win situation. There is a need for further engagement with the individual bondholders. I mean, and Dr. Chahani, finally to you. So the individual bondholders, clearly from the stories you were hearing, we're going to do a bit of it on PMS also tonight, hearing from individual bondholders a bit more. Um, can the government take care of their, of, of their chunk of, of debt that they're holding, the port, that portfolio, uh, and find other means of taking care of that and exempting them and, and, still, and still manage to run, run this economy? At least they did it for the... Uh, uh, they did it for the pension uh, funds. It's possible to do it also for the individual bondholders, isn't it? I think to support what Prof said, I mean, the engagement hasn't been very good. It hasn't been done properly. I think the president knew about this on, in June, and they have the strategy of going for debt exchange or debt haircut or risk leave. All these things should have been discussed extensively with institutional individuals, foreign bondholders and the insurance and the pensions. But if you look at the way we, we are going, the way it's being presented, it makes it very difficult. But as Prof said, if we don't get it signed on, we are finished. I mean, let me, I'm not a prophet of the dupe because that is the lender of last resort for Ghana. If we are not able to sign it. So I would plead with them, like Prof has just said, they should get in because you see, you set timelines and say that I'm going to complete it. Jamaica, which we we are replicating, it took two months. How long has this thing been going on? It's not more than from December 5th, and we are talking about January 5th. It's not even close to two, 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 two months. But they set a target in such a way that you need to engage everybody, constructive engagement. 
the ramification of what we don't do it. And then we begin to look at, like Prof said, that I was part of this FinSAC uh, financial adjustment program, the PAMS card and FinSAC, and uh, whatever it is. We know to mitigate the social cost of the adjustment, they need to sit down and do a detailed work so that, I mean, people like the lady who just spoke, it is a matter of life and death. If he doesn't get it, he's gone, and he will go with the children and the husband. And that could be a sad thing because it is something that the person has not actually caused it. He hasn't gone to borrow money. And then you just telling him, hey, or hey, that. I think so, for me, way forward, we set ourselves target to go. Let us begin to do proper and serious engagement. If you look, look, if you look at the document that came, if you look at the latest document that came, I have spoken to so many people and have even spoken to people, consultants in England. It looks so complex. They tell you the bond rate is this. They tell you that we're going to do 9% this and that. How many average Ghanaians would understand how this thing has been done? Instead of people being patient and to talk to it, you just put a document and then you want people to understand. When they are not lawyers, they are not, there's not financial people. How would they understand? So I would end up by saying that it is not too late. We set a time frame. But let us get back to engagement and come to people to speak on issues. Mm. Frankly, openly, transparently, and disclose everything so that Ghanaians would. Because where we are going, as Prof said, if you don't get there, I think 2023, maybe in my lifetime, it will be the worst thing that has happened to this country. I'm grateful, uh, Dr. Etiahene. Uh, thank you very much, Professor uh, Peter Kwate. Uh, listening on uh, PM Express tonight, we'll be hearing a bit more from individual bondholders. Uh, many of them will join us, share their stories. Uh, we want to put faces to these individual bondholders, the real faces behind them, uh, and, and they'll share their stories. Pretty heartbreaking ones. Uh, that you hear on PM Express tonight if indeed your uh, bonds are included in this deduction program and what it will mean for them. Many of them, um, as you've heard, some of them possibly would would die. As you heard the prof say, some of them use the money to, to buy medicines for themselves, hypertensive drugs, etc. That's the real story uh, on uh, PM Express later tonight uh, as government has been urged now to engage more and think more creatively around the issue. Uh, George Yaffe is joining me uh, with more from the world of business. And, and when we return, uh, we'll tell you the uh, what's happening with the economy. Because the president has been speaking about it. It is optimistic despite the gloomy economic situation of the, of the country. The best is yet to come. Even though we're presently confronted with difficulties in our economic performance, I do not doubt our collective resolve to work our way out of these challenges and put our nation back onto the path of progress. Stay with us for that. George, your face here. Uh, George, the, the, this uh, individual... You see, the people people forget that they, these are real people, yeah. individuals. Pe- I, people, think, I think we should move away from this thing about the, these people are rich. They yeah, are people who no. actually save the entire everything, everything in this thing. From when you they know, were born to when they retired. You know, they are third year. Yeah. They put everything in this. I know one individual... Whose exposure is it's, about fourteen million Ghana cities? Just one person. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, those ones significant. But there are those ones. I'm, I'm just saying that as small uh, as fifty thousand. I'm, I'm just saying that. And that's so what he's, had, yes. he's locked up and he has several Entire commitments to undertake. Yes. 
His kids are there. They're supposed to look. He can't do that. The other thing's supposed to do. He can't do yeah. that. And so, just like what the two contributors have said, it's 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 a real terrible situation. It that is. We are it in is. Right and then you you mentioned that's one case, but also there are others I've spoken to, who put in as as, as little as ten thousand CDs. That's all they've saved too. Yeah, I mean, they're yeah. the other side of it. And yeah, they, they encourage yeah. you know the banks encourage you yeah, if you're yeah, not doing treasury yeah, bills, yeah, yeah, yeah. then you're doing bonds, right? And they they bought the bonds. You know, you're, 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 you are you are very careful in trying to be professional in what you're doing right now. But <laughs> yeah. all of us are exposed. Even everybody yeah. is. I mean, because if <laughs> really you and I, absolutely. you know, but we try everybody to be is. all trying to be professional. Everybody is. is because really, if you're not buying something like a treasury bill, you're, you're possibly buying bonds. Yeah. You're buying M fund, etc. And, and so this is a, this is a very serious conversation that yeah. like, we're going to have tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Just speak yeah. to the individual yeah. bondholders, yeah. and that's why when people and, and are pushing to, that. A lot more can also be done by government to show its commitment by cutting down on expenditure with other things. It is very, very critical. If we don't get this debt thing closed and get an IMF deal, as I said, by the end of the first quarter, uh, mm. the economy crash might even be an understatement. What do you have in the headlines, George? Well, even coming up in business, Bank of Ghana continues to improve dollar support for commercial banks as it moves to deal with the current pressure on the Ghana city. And some oil marketing companies or government, more than 400 million Ghana cities in taxes ending last year. The Business News on Newsnight is brought to you by MTN Business. Welcome to the new world of business. Alliance Live and Ghana Pay. Los mejores viajes nacen en la carretera. Pero este comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCI US LLC. Kweku had a spunky new office to congratulate him on opening his business. And man, was I impressed. The business is just moving quick. The sales, customers, everything is just working seamlessly. The secret? Mm. He said, it's MTN Business Broadband. In this fast-paced environment, we need fast and reliable internet to support all business types. No laggy online meetings, great download and upload speeds, impeccable business management systems, all-inclusive. I mean, you can have it all. I signed on immediately. <laughs> to enable your business stay ahead and stay connected, make sure you're signed on to the best internet made just for businesses. MTN Business Broadband. Sign up today on broadband.mtn.com.gh and manage your account on my MTN app. Call 0244-308-111 for more information. MTN. Son, we are so proud of you for setting up this hospital. I really love those hospital beds and waiting chairs. By the way, did you import them? No, Dad, I didn't. I actually got them from Kindle Books and Stationery right here in Ghana. Wow. We also bought our office supplies, safes, executive desks, and chairs from Kingdom, and they gave us expert advice on how to set up our office. Guys, that makes three of us. I also got our sofa and bedroom sets, plus our dining hall furniture for our new home from Kingdom. Wow, Mom, that makes four of us. I usually get my stationery items from Kingdom. 
Kingdom. And my teacher also mentioned that our classroom furniture was provided by Kingdom. So there you have it. Whenever you're thinking about setting up an office or acquiring furniture for your home, etc., Kingdom Books and Stationery should be your first point of call. With over 14 years' experience in the industry, we stock and supply a wide variety of globally sourced office and home furniture, stationery, and equipment. Visit our head office, Osu Akwaje, or our office near the Osu Stadium. We're also in Tema Community 1, opposite Olam SHF, Kumase KNUSD Campus, UCC Cape Coast, and now at the Marina Mall, Airport City. Or call us 0302-764101-764209 or 7627-92. Visit our website, www.kingdomgh.com. Allianz, insurance since 1890. At Allianz Life Ghana, we have a wide range of life insurance packages to suit all pockets from individuals, groups, associations, and businesses. We cover your employees, your funerals, pensions, children's education, and your future. Call us on 0302-267-892 or visit our website www.allianz-gh.com for more inquiries. Allianz Life. We secure your future. You welcome back to Business on Newsnight. Now, Bank of Ghana continues to increase the dollar support for commercial banks in the country. The move is part of measures by the central bank to deal with with the recent pressure on the Ghana city. There is more in this report. The support has been on the upside over the past week in terms of Bank of Ghana's dollar intervention. Based on data from some commercial bank treasures, the central bank made available some $4.5 million to the bank to meet their forex needs. According to some of these bank treasures, it's the intervention from the Bank of Ghana that has helped in stabilizing the city over the past two weeks. However, one is not sure for now how this intervention from the central bank will help in stabilizing the local currency in the long term. This is because some have also argued that the current good run can be linked to little demand for the dollar by businesses because of the holiday season. Well, for some, maybe the Bank of Ghana can manage market demands till Ghana finally secures a deal with the IMA. And that is a business text report. In other stories, the country director for the economic think tank, that is CAT International, Kusia Piadumako, is optimistic that the e-levy revenue will start picking up strongly in the coming months. The Ghana Telecoms Chamber today announced that they revised the 1% tax on electronic transactions will take off from tomorrow. This should mean the levy has now been reduced from the 1.5% to 1%. The review will also ensure that 100 cities transfers don't attract the tax. Mr. Piadumako tells your business the move would actually affect collections. What it means is that those who in the past, because of the 1.5, avoided sending money and having to go and redraw the money and deposit into a bank account or send a check, they will factor in the reduced rates and then for people who were not sending money because of the 1.5 to do so now. Compliance and also results in increased revenue for the state. I am very convinced and sure, and it's also backed by evidence, that one, whenever you reduce tax rates, people who were in the past were avoiding it or not using the platform 
would consider using it. And that, in that way, would bring in more revenue to the state. Great. Kusia Piadumako is the country director for Cuts International. Now, some oil marketing companies in the country owe government about uh, more than 400 million Ghana cities in the form of unpaid taxes in the last year. Chief Executive of the National Petroleum Authority, Dr. Mustafa Abdul Hamid, said this when he inaugurated nearly refurbished 60 seater capacity conference hall for the Bono Regional Coordinating Council in Smyani, funded by the National Petroleum Authority to the authorities. Corporate Social Responsibility Fund. The chief executive was worried that all attempts to actually recover these monies haven't worked. And he's talking about how this is impacting on government projects and getting the required revenue from the sector to support the economy. Now, Ghana's economic recovery could be given a major boost to the external debts are cancelled by the international creditors. Now, that's the view of economist Professor Ebu Texan. It is coming after the IMF's the IMF in its debt framework encouraged other private international creditors to come on board and cancel Ghana's debt. Professor Texan insists the move should be seen, shouldn't be seen as an end to our current challenges, but more of addressing the issues now. If, if you are dying, the doctors need to save you first before they begin to look at the, the, the ailment that is killing you. And that is where Ghana is at the moment. So it is not going to be the solution to our problems. The solution to our problems it's an economy into a productive economy, economy that is less import dependent, an economy that is creating jobs for the youth, an economy that is ensuring that we are able to sustainably service our debts, to have enough resources to expand the economy and create jobs. This support, if we get it from the IMF and we get it from our creditors, is just to free us of the burden that is on the economy now so that we begin to tackle the critical issues that confront us. Professor Ebutexin is an economist and his comments is coming ahead of uh, after the International Monetary Fund proposed to these international creditors or private creditors to come on board as it works to cancel Ghana's debt. If you have invested in the Ghana Stock Exchange, you might have lost more than 12% at the end of last year. This was captured in the 2022 market report released by the Ghana Stock Exchange. Its competitive index of uh, 12.3%, that is what it ended for last year. Despite the challenge, there was an increase in volume and the number of transactions on the Ghana Stock Exchange. SIC came up as the top gainer with over 200% jump in the value on the market for last year. Well, in terms of trading today, Unilever lost uh, 38 pesos and is now worth three Ghana cities, 50 pesos. And that's all uh, for business on Newsnight. Back to you, Evan. So we're all looking forward to your discussion on PM Express Business Edition as you talk about the impact of this whole debt exchange program on the individual bondholders. Bond yes, we're bringing together individual bondholders to share their own personal stories as far as this uh, action program is concerned. And you're still listening to Newsnight is on Joy 99.7 FM. Well, uh, Food and Agric uh, Minister, uh, Dr. Wusifri Koto, we're just learning, has just arrived at the Jubilee House to possibly tender his resignation to President Akufad. We'll be going there pretty live shortly, right after sports uh, with Ms. Baal. Ms. Baal. Yes, even 
Walker says the team is in Algeria to win the 2023 African Nations Championship chant. Walker is hoping to become the first coach to lift the trophy for Ghana. After an unsuccessful attempt in the previous three editions, the team was involved. Levan Rajvat and Maxwell Kennedy took the team to the final in 2009 and 2014, while Herbert Addo's 2011 side couldn't go past the group stage. From what our head of delegation said, uh, that we are here to win the tournament. Yes, we are here. We don't come. We didn't come here uh, to come and joke. We didn't come here to come and look how Algiers uh, town is. We came for a purpose, and um, we came also to uh, to win the cup. Head coach of the Black Galaxies and Walker um, events. The tournament starts on Friday, and Ghana will be in action on. Sunday. Thank you, uh, Ms. Bauer, for that. And I want to take you now to Jubilee House, where we are learning the Food and Agriculture Minister, Dr. Wuse Friyu, who we know uh, has ambitions to be president, has just arrived there to tender in his resignation to President Akufado. Presidential correspondent Elton Broby is there for us. Elton, has he arrived? For the health, and he has dropped the letter. So uh, I don't know what else to say, but there's nothing beyond that. I think he's dropped the letter. Uh, clearly containing his reasons for uh, decision to resign from the Akufuado government. And that has been done, but there's still an ongoing meeting here uh, at the Jubilee House. But uh, as he relates to his decision to step away from the government, he's done that already. He's already he submitted the letter to the president. It's unclear whether the decision has been accepted or not. But based on what he told me earlier today, this clearly is a formality because verbally uh, they've discussed this and they came to some understanding. And he told me that per directive, based on verbal communication he had had with the president, he will still hold on in the office till at least in the next two weeks. And that will facilitate a smooth transfer of power uh, to whoever will be appointed by the president uh, for the Ministry of Food and Agriculture. But <coughs> Dr. Owusu-Efi Yakuto, a few minutes ago, dropped the letter at the office of the president. And we can certainly pronounce that he's going Minister for Food and Agriculture. But now, I've been that, trying to engage that, him to get to understand depends, the uh, reasons depends, behind that, Elton, that, that, that depends on whether the president accepts his resignation. He's tended in resignation, but we don't know yet, do we, if the president has accepted it? No, we do not know yet. And... Based on what you told me in the afternoon, this probably can just be a formality because there's been some verbal agreement to this decision. And what happens, what, what just happened now is to formalize what, you know, took place between the two of them, the Greek minister and the president. So he told me he was coming here to drop the the letter and exactly what he's done. So, so what, what we're saying is that uh, we know tonight and can confirm that the Greek minister has tonight resigned, has resigned the last few minutes. In official terms, yes. That is, that is the official word. He has resigned now. The letter he dropped today was to communicate his, his decision to resign from the government. And you were saying that we don't know for sure the real reason for the resignation. We can only guess is because he wants to run for president. Absolutely. I mean, we can only guess that he wants to run for president. And he's, he's made his intention quite clear and quite known to everybody. In fact, in some private conversations, he said the reason why he supported 
President Akufuado in 2007, in 2010, and in 2014. Uh, he was convinced that he was the best person to lead the MPP Dem, and he's still the best person uh, to lead the MPP and the council. Uh, that once he is done, he, Dr. Osofi, will put himself up for election with the hope of leading the MPP into the next election. We know that the next election will be in 2024, December. The MPP most likely will go to Congress at the end of the, this year. So how many months left? At least we can talk about nine to ten months. He is convinced in his, you know, uh, in his view that the time to put your best foot forward is now. The time to go all out without any limitation because of a serious appointment is now. And that's the reason why he's taking this bold decision. Okay. Uh, thank you very much, Elting. If you're just joining us, the great minister, uh, Dr. Awusu Yifriyakutu, has just tendered in his resignation to President Akufuado. He has now resigned. We wait to see what the presidency says about that, whether they accept that resignation or not. But as far as he's concerned, he is now the outgoing Agric minister. Well, still on this particular matter, though, there's some confusion around when the party will hold this primary to elect its next presidential candidate for the 2024 elections. And one of the aspiring uh, flag bearers, uh, Bwachi Ejako, the former energy minister, is not happy uh, with what he calls a merry-go-round. He says the new patriotic party, quote, uh, in a statement that he, in, the, in the statement he says the new patriotic party has once again mounted its merry-go-round to have or not to have a so-called early congress has become a quadrennial source of needless tension inside our party. Let's get some clarity on the dates now on the back of the concerns being raised by Bwache Jacko. Let's speak to him, Nana Bwache. He's the uh, party's national organizer. Uh, Nana B, thank you for your time here on Newsnight. Uh, thank you very much, Ivan. How are you? I am doing great and Happy New Year. Too. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. We haven't spoken in the New Year and I think that this, this is good to talk uh, about. This is an opportunity for me to wish you Happy New Year. Uh, so what, what do you say to uh, Bwache Jacko and others who share his concern that you know you have this merry-go-round about when to hold the, the an early Congress or a late Congress? When is the Congress? Um, first of all, um, uh, let me make this correction. Um, we have not booked nomination yet, so we cannot label anybody as an aspiring um, presidential candidate. Everybody else is a prospective um, aspirant. Um, secondly, Evans, I have gone through the article uh, put out by um, the very respected senior party member, Honorable Boise And I don't want to say that it is or it's, it's marks of confusion in the party, not at all. I think that it is another avenue for him as chosen by him to express his sentiment, to express his view on a particular matter. Our constitution, which it's our guiding document, is quite clear. Article 11 and 12, specifically Article 12, um, talks about the selection of a presidential um, candidate. Article 11 speaks of the selection of um, parliamentary candidates. Now, when we are in government, the Constitution says that 
we need to elect our presidential candidate not later than 11 months to the national elections or general elections. So for us, we went for a national council meeting where we started the deliberation and discussion on this particular matter. It was inconclusive. This, for us, is a very huge step. Even don't forget that we have gone through almost about six internal elections. We have two more to go. That is the presidential primaries and the parliamentary primaries. So we have to get it right. So yes, we received quite some good concerns, views, suggestions. So we need to again go for another meeting where we can firm up these dates. Okay, so what so we are in the process mm. of setting up and streamlining or affirming the dates. Okay, because of the time, so what we're saying tonight is we the party doesn't know yet firmly when the primary will be held. Uh, if I repeat the question again, sorry. I mean, I'm just clarifying that what we are saying tonight, what you're saying tonight is the party does not know yet firmly when the primary will be held. We have not made a decision yet. Okay. I am grateful. Uh, Nana Bwachi is the national organizer of the MPP. And that's it tonight. If you're just joining us, the uh, Greek minister has now formally, as of last few minutes, tendered in his resignation. And we expect now that he would have a clear desk to run for president and the, in the party's primary festival. And that's it for News Night. Tonight, Geek Squad is up next. And I see the man Spikey. Uh, enjoying uh, yeah, the, 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 the conversation before the show itself. Uh, what's happening tonight on Geek Squad? So tonight we're talking about how to get started in tech. Mm. Yes, so a lot, you have a lot of people who are interested in a tech industry, but they don't know where to start, how to start, even when to start. So we'll be delving deep into that. Okay. Thank you very much. Enjoy the rest of your evening, people, and, and stay with the Geek Squad. viajes nacen en la carretera, pero este comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC.
since you left, I've been the same. I know we keep anything in my brain. They're calling me a fool, they're telling me I take praise. And it's for your sake, oh. My mental, they break down. Can't take that pain out. And every day I'm praying that you got. Every day I'm looking all around. Can't be the end Cause I go end up losing my life. Yeah. I'll be waiting. 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 Waiting. What's a man without to what? You see my pain, you know the mind. Telling me at dinner, you think I keep it whipping in the night, right? right, right. I call your telephone, nobody for the answer. Looking like a catch, you know, say I'll be rockstar.
It's Tuesday, the 10th of January, 2023. And since it's Tuesday, we had to interrupt your regular transmission to bring you the tech show called Geek Squad. My name is Kobe Spike Nkrumah, and I will be your host discussing the topic for today. Actually, two topics, because we'll be discussing first topic, and I'll talk about a second topic later on in the evening. So don't go away when you think you've had enough. Stay. There'll be desserts. So today we'll be discussing getting started in tech. How to get started in tech. I get these messages every time in my inbox. Hey, Spikey, I'm really interested in tech. I don't know where to begin. I don't know what to start with. I don't know how to start. I don't even know where to start. So it's the when, what, how. Because you've already answered the why, which is that why, why, why do you want to get into tech? Because you love it and you want to do it. So now we're going to tell you how, where, when. And even which institutions to take into consideration if you want to start in tech. And I'll be doing this with a lady whom I've been on various stages with. She's called Winfred Coton. And Winston. So if you're a first time listener to the show, Winston is a regular. He's usually on the panel with me and one other geek called Michael. But today Michael couldn't make it. So Winston is taking both spaces in one space and yes the show is proudly brought to you by mtn and if you want to get interactive with us you can send us a whatsapp message on 055 quadruple 1997 it's the same number i just say it in different ways so you don't miss it and you can tweet at us hashtag joy geek squad and you could join us on the Telegram group t.me slash joygeeksquad. The geek is G-E-E-K, not G-I-G, not G-E-E-G, G-E-E-K. Squad is S-Q-U-A-D. Now with that all out of the way, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we'll start talking how to get started in tech. Stay. Escuchas ese rugido. ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. 